Have you ever tried online dating? I've tried it. I'm not really an online dater. I've yeah. been on Tinder a few times, mostly for fun. I like doing that when I'm out of town because it's a quick way to check out what people look like in your area. You know, when everyone's like, well, which city has the hottest people? Kind of a good, easy way to survey the landscape. Mm, okay. Yeah. I don't think I've um, really tried Tinder. I did something else before. I did go out. Uh, I think I might have been on one or two online dates, period. Okay. But, you know, they were all right. You know, it's kind of the thing these days, I suppose. It's... It is. A lot of people I know seem to have the bulk of their experience from online dating to the point where that's just their norm now. And they talk in a language that suggests that that's the reality that they live in. Their right. romantic experiences derive from the online dating world. And I've never really been a part of that. So it's hard to relate to that, you know, me personally. Right. Yeah, it's, you know, how was, uh, how was your experience? I had good experiences. I, you know, I never had an issue. People always say that Tinder has given them the worst experiences of their life or whatever. I, you know, I didn't experience that. I had nice experiences. I got to, you know, meet some new people, have dinner with some new people. I think that's always a nice thing. Right. Um, one thing that was kind of interesting that happened to me was I actually have a hard time recognizing faces, and there's a disorder for this. I just discovered that. <laughs> Maybe I have. Maybe I should try to get a diagnosis. But I used to watch movies and see characters that looked similar and only to find out it was the same person the whole time. Or um, I would see characters that, to me, looked exactly the same but turned out to, turn out to be two different characters. Uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's a thing that I struggle with. So I was on this right. Tinder date, and... This woman that I was supposed to meet showed up at the restaurant, or so I thought, and was hugging a bunch of people when she walked in, which I found kind of odd, but it seems like she's like a popular person. Maybe she chose this spot because she knows everyone there. So I came over and I greeted her with a hug also, and she kind of looked at me like she was a little confused, but wondering why I'm hugging her, but she was, you know, she went along with it. And then I said, oh, cool. So you want to go get a table? And... Again, she seemed a little confused, but she said, well, she said, yes, but I want to talk to my friends first. And it kind of was a little awkward, and I'm feeling awkward. Like, so now these are her friends. Why is she here with her friends? This is a bad experience, I'm thinking, <laughs> already. Right. And just when I'm kind of trying to figure this out, kind of piece this together, and I hadn't really pieced it together, but I was just kind of trying to figure out what's going on here. Uh, my phone buzzed, and it was my actual date who was saying she was outside. She's like, I'm sorry I'm late, but I'm outside. And then, of course, I realized that the, the girl I was hugging and asking to get a table was just a complete stranger. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I went outside and met my actual date, who looked nothing alike. But, uh, you know, in my mind, uh, when I saw this person walk in, I thought that was the the woman who was on the Tinder profile. You know, like I said, it, it looked it looked the same to me, uh, hence my problem. But I told this, this one, uh, I said, look, it's kind of noisy in there. Let's go someplace else. And we went to a different place. Right. Well, I think sometimes though pictures and in and re real life can can look very different. So I don't know if I would chalk that up to not being able to recognize faces. Right, but it's a pattern that I've noticed. It's not 
just that. So when I'm putting all these things together, like that happened. Like I said, the thing about the movies always happens. Uh, right. My mom tells me when I was a kid, I used to swear I saw celebrities in the street. Like, Mom, that's Alec Baldwin. I swear it is. And she's like, they look nothing alike. What are you talking about? It looks just <laughs> like him. You're kidding me. And uh, even like running for office, sometimes I have a hard time remembering faces um, that I saw or, 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 or recognizing people. Like if I, if I meet someone online or on Facebook and then I see them in person, a lot of times I have a very hard time recognizing them. I think more so than other people do. Ah, right, right. Well, it's, you know, it's it also can be difficult when you're meeting a lot of people at once. I know you you right. you you have a good um memory for like details, like some uh like facts and stuff though. Yeah, yeah. So maybe no, your my memory is good. Your memory, my memory works is very good. Yeah, yeah, it's just a facial recognition that I have a hard time with. Yeah, mine is more visual. Yeah. I have a more visual memory. So it's kind of crazy with the, the the whole online dating thing the one that i went on was um actually a little bit more adventurous i think than than uh, a tinder date because this was um uh a blind date so like you blind didn't get online date how's that yeah work? uh you just you didn't get to you didn't get to meet the person or, or see the pictures or anything it was just more about the interest that's like a joke that I like to say, which is, I wonder if Christian Mingle makes you commit to marriage before seeing your date's full profile. I don't know. I wonder. <laughs> so, yeah, it was... Get it, it was because, because Christians, and you, you know, you're not supposed to see them naked until you... Well, whatever. You get it. Yeah. yeah. But just because you go on a date doesn't mean you're going to see them naked. No, but it's like a play on the you know full profile, you know, like... Yeah. The religion is withholding information from you. It's you know, it's kind of a social commentary, kind of silly. Uh, I, I always kind of was amused. I amused myself with that one. Uh, okay. Okay. So. But yeah, it was it was interesting. You know, it, it went well though. It was just an experience. Yeah. How so about, how does this work? It's a blind date. You can't see them, so you can't see anything about them. So the site is, is designed this way. It's like an online blind dating site. Yeah, it was like it does. It's not around anymore, but it was. Um, <laughs> I think it was a startup type of thing, and it was like a you know to try this experience to see how how the system worked and everything. And so you would put. Um, let me see if I can remember. Like you would choose the area that you were in, and like you might get a little bit of information about the person, but you wouldn't get to see them, and then. Mm -hmm. And then the site would recommend um, the the venue that you would meet the person at. So wow, a site recommends. Yeah. I never heard of that. A site recommends the venue. Interesting. Yeah, so you would choose if you want like a, if you want to go to a cafe or a restaurant or a bar, and then the neighborhood it would it would choose the place, and you both now, agree you both agree on that place, and then. Mm -hmm. And then you go there and meet up. Do businesses have to pay to get listed or recommended by the site? Um, I don't know. Like I said, it's not around anymore, and I, it might have been just a startup type of thing at that moment, that time. And I think at that time, I was just kind of interested in how those systems were going, because I had also I did a speed date, but not a real speed date. That I never did. I've never done a real one. Uh, at the time, 
my cousin was working for a speed dating company um and they were shooting a commercial and so i was i was one of the people that was in the commercial and so we had to do like a kind of like a speed date so all the people like all the i guess speed date yeah so like all the actors and stuff were there um or people that were just in the commercial and so we had to go through the motions like it was an actual speed date but there were no like expectations of exchanging information or anything like that so i got one for you you went on something of a speed date on the set of mtv's yo mama say what don't you remember that we were i on was yo on mama. the set yeah i remember yeah. that <laughs> there was there was a, a girl there i mean it felt like a speed date. We, she was another extra too and it was like we were sitting around waiting to be called for the show and uh-huh. I forget her name now, but we met her. It was like a, it was like a speed date type scenario where it's like she's at the table, you sit down. Hey, what's, what's your name? What's going on? It just felt like a, a little speed date, getting to know someone in a few minutes on the set. Yeah, I remember. I remember doing that. I remember we were on that that show. It was like a lot of hurry up and wait. That's one thing with with TV and movies, right? So and then they make you give the cash back at the end, and every time I watch Cash Cab now. And you know how they give them the cash when they win at the end? They walk out with the cash. I'm like, yeah, I was on the set of Yo Mama. I know how this works. As soon as the camera shuts off, they take that money back. Yeah, right. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting stories. I'm sure there are a bunch from everybody about uh, their uh, blind date stories or their, or their, their online internet dating, dating stories. Yeah, online dating stories. So... So this is the best podcast ever, and we invite all of our listeners to send us your best slash worst online dating experience. Yeah, I'm really looking for fun. the most outlandish, outrageous, wild things. You know, keep it PG, but yeah. just as far as like, wow, this is this is kind of out there because it's such a weird and even vulnerable spot. I think you put yourself in with these things sometimes. It definitely, definitely. So. So you caused kind of quite a controversy this week on uh I did. Yeah. You started some stuff on um Facebook. I had two posts on Facebook that were I guess you could say controversial this past week. It got people talking. It got people talking, which was the point. So I don't think it's a bad thing, but it's good to have a conversation even if it gets a little heated sometimes. Hopefully it can remain civil and something good can come from it right well one of them um you put i think you were quoting quoting the law on on um immigration Immigration. right right so that one i said it's a misdemeanor crime to enter the united states Without permission. It's called improper entry of the U.S. Okay, it's a federal crime. Again, a misdemeanor, which means that you can be sentenced to prison for up to one year, but not longer. I said it's not a crime to remain in the U.S. undocumented. And this wasn't commentary about immigration policy. This was about the language, which I think is important. Um, As a lawyer, I think it's important, you know, for me to inform the public and inform anyone who will listen uh, 
about the proper terminology. And right. there's a reason why we don't say illegal immigrants. And a lot of people just may not realize this. And I think this is important, again, for people to understand this. Yes, if you crossed the border without permission, you committed a crime. But let's say you came into the country lawfully uh, with a visa, you know, whatever the case, and you overstayed. So now you're not in status. You're, quote unquote, an undocumented immigrant. But right. you never committed a crime. Yes, you could be deported. And again, I wasn't saying whether you should or shouldn't be. Um, I'm trying to recite the law that that's not a crime. So when people say illegal immigrant, I, they need to be clear what they're talking about. Uh, illegal. The only thing illegal is crossing the border without permission. But many people, I think, up to up to 45 to 50 percent of undocumented immigrants uh, actually came lawfully, so they didn't commit a crime. Now we can debate the difference between what's a crime and what's illegal. And some lawyers will interpret that a little bit differently. When I was in law school, taught by law professors who were lawyers themselves, uh, I was taught to shy away from calling things that are simply unlawful, illegal. For example, a parking ticket. A parking ticket is a civil violation, right? It's a fine that you pay. Um, some people will say it's illegal to park in such and such spot. Uh, I, I guess, in a matter of speaking, you could say that because it's against the law. So you could say anything is, is illegal in, in that way. But there's a big difference between that and shooting somebody, right? Committing murder. I mean, that's illegal. Right. Illegal is a you know when we say illegal, you know, we usually mean crimes or serious offenses. And especially if you're gonna call somebody an illegal person. I mean, would you call would you call somebody who has some parking tickets an illegal? I mean, you know, that's that's a pretty harsh word. And yeah. so I wanted to make sure people understood. Uh, what the law was. Again, a crime is entering the country, but there is no crime for remaining in the country out of status. Right. So, yeah. So I think, I think that is, is kind of important to know the, the, you know, what the law says on that issue. And, and that, you know, regardless on what side of the issue you stand, um, knowing the language is, is definitely important. Right. So, and I think if we're going to have a conversation and we should, about immigration policy, we should understand the right terminology and the law, at least in a basic sense. And I think a lot of people thought that it was a crime to stay in the country uh, out of status. Like if you let your visa expire and now you're no longer, uh, you know, quote unquote, allowed to be here. I think a lot of people thought that was a crime. So people need to understand that that's not a crime and then we can have the conversation in that context. Again, it doesn't mean that they should stay. Uh, you know, let's have that conversation. But let's not assume that they're all criminals because that's right. just not true. Right. And and basically overstaying there, you know, there, there is a is a punishment for, not, well. Well, deportation. You get deported. You get deported. And you could be deported. And it's considered a civil violation again. So you can make the comparison to uh, parking, uh, in a spot uh, or, right. or parking with you know expired meter, let's say. I'm not saying that that's it's as serious, you know, it's more or less serious, but I'm saying they're both classified as civil offenses, not crimes. Right, and you, you're deported and you're not allowed back in for, uh, you know, a determined amount of time. Right. Um, yeah, so, of course, that being the hot-button issue of the day, especially with the uh, the government shutdown and... Uh, DACA seeming to be one of the uh, the points that you know uh, they couldn't come together on, which kind of led to the shutdown. Right. Um, yeah, of course, caused some uh, some controversy. Well, not controversy, some discussion. Let's say discussion. 
some very robust discussion. I I guess I chimed in that one a little bit. I try to stay out of these, you know, so sometimes I get involved, sometimes I don't, but I like yeah. to generate discussion. I think I have a responsibility to do that as a lawyer and as someone who has, you know, someone who's respected as a leader of some sort in the community. I think it's something that I need to do. Uh, even if a lot of people may disagree, you can argue what's, you know, the, the politically correct or political, politically expedient move or, you know, whatever the case. Um, right. But I try not to think uh, solely in those terms. I think I do have a responsibility and it's not about me. It's, you know, it's about getting the information out and generating that discussion. And, and even when you made that clear, there were several who just didn't uh, seem to want to get it. Um, that, you right. know, still still stuck to the idea that overstaying the visa was illegal. Right. Um, and again, I want to be clear because there was, there was actually a lawyer who's one of my friends who, we, who made that comment that it's illegal. Um, I would disagree because, again, I don't classify civil offenses as illegal, but it's most certainly is not a crime. So that's not an opinion. That's not up for debate. There is no crime in the U.S. for overstaying your visa. Right. So what about, so you're saying 45, 45% roughly are here because they overstayed their visa. They entered they entered legally and they overstayed the visa, which uh, doesn't necessarily break any laws. Um, it doesn't break a law. Um, the other, the remaining percentage who came here um, without a visa, who came here mm-hmm. against the law. So would that still be classified as illegal immigrant or undocumented immigrant? Well, this is this is basically a political thing, right? So it depends right. on the language exactly. you prefer to use. Um, I don't think anyone should be called an illegal immigrant. I think they should be called undocumented immigrants um, because as a class, they get lumped into the same category. So anyone undocumented is called an illegal immigrant. They used to be called illegal aliens, which now it's right. like they're not even a person. You know, that's the language is like a, like a double whammy. It's the, you're calling them illegal and you're calling them something other than, than human. So they don't say illegal alien anymore. Not even the Republicans use that term. It's But Republicans will say illegal immigrants and they'll say illegals. That's an illegal. And, you know, I don't like the use of that term for more than one reason. I don't think it's a humane way to speak, but just as a technical matter, not all of them did something that's a crime and that should be classified as illegal. So as a group of people, if we're going to refer to them as a group, I would use the term undocumented immigrants. And within that, there could be different categories. But right. you know, I wouldn't say illegals. I would say undocumented or out of status. Right. And it seems it seems like, you know, um, on the subject of, of the semantics of it, it seems like... Um, illegal immigrant has kind of won out in that in that semantic debate because i remember yeah like you said it used to be illegal aliens um then it went to uh illegal immigrants and then it was undocumented immigrant was like the push to try to classify it as undocumented immigrant and now it seems more like it's back to the term illegal immigrant hmm. like the, the the push for un, the, for the term undocumented Im- immigrant to be the word uh, to be the phrase kind of failed and 
illegal immigrant seems to have prevailed as the term that's being used. And I've heard it on, you know, even on sites that were trying, not sites, but uh, news programs that uh, were trying to push it as undocumented immigrant before. Oh, and even they switched up their terminology. Yeah, they've, they've gone back to the, the terminology of illegal immigrant. And they shouldn't, because like I said, we need to be clear that it's not a crime to do anything other than cross the border without right. authorization. So, Right. And I think that's important because we can have the conversation about what the policy should be, but we should understand what's a crime and what isn't. And, and I think when people say illegal immigrant, a lot of people, and you saw it on that post, a lot of people are just making the assumption that being undocumented is a crime. No, no right. matter under what circumstance, it's always a criminal thing. And therefore, by definition, this class of people is exclusively criminal. And that's just not true. Right. So, yeah, it's not like undocumented immigrant is a euphemism. It's not like, we, you know, we just don't want to sound too harsh. No, we're actually trying to be correct, not politically correct, <laughs> but legally and actually correct. Right. That's why I think. We should use that term. Right. Or no, if you can use the word illegal immigrant, know what you're talking about. Know, again, what the crime is and what's not a crime. Right, exactly. And that, yeah, and, and you know, uh, terminology is important, um, especially when you've got such a, a heated debate and you've got such uh, op- uh, strong opinions on both sides. It's, it's good to, to know what it is you're talking about, and then you can make a base, a base argument from there. Right. And to your point of terminology being important, that's why those on the right want to classify people as illegals. Because if you do that, it's easier to make the case that they should all be deported, they should be given no concessions, and we shouldn't treat them humanely at all. It's easier to make the case that they're illegals, they're criminals, they're just scoundrels taking up our jobs, not paying taxes, getting things for free. You know, it's easier to demonize them by calling them illegals. If you don't have that weapon, then you have to face the reality that that there are people and they're living in our country. And how do we proceed from there? Let's, but let's remember that these are people. And again, about half of them did did nothing criminal by virtue of uh, their immigration status. And so, okay. And so to that point, um, and to to uh, classify what that status is, so people overstaying, as far as the law is concerned, if you've overstayed your visa, if you did come in legally, you came in on a legal visa and you just overstayed, what would be the term or what would be the the, the legal position, the legal status of that person? They would be out of status, and they would be eligible for deportation. But you couldn't sentence them to prison the way you could someone who crossed the border right. illegally. That's the difference, right? Deportation is the remedy that the government has. There's no prison sentence because there's no crime. Right. And so that's, yeah, I think it's something important to to know. Well, that was, that was yeah, there was some uh, some long posts there. That well, just when Europe. we thought that we had seen a lot with that one post, it was followed up with another banger. Yes. About Frosty the Snowman. Yes. 
And who would think that Frosty the Snowman could cause some trouble? Like, come on, Frosty. That's crazy. <laughs> right? That's crazy. That's crazy. I just posted, by the way, I don't know if you saw, I've got a picture on my wall that's framed. Uh, it's When I was seven years old, I had to do a poster in school for uh, for Triple A's traffic safety program. We had to make a poster about traffic safety and buckling up your belt and all that. Right. And so mine was of a snowman in a car, and it was my first attempt at rhyming at seven years old. And I said, you think you're too cool? Well, don't be a fool. Even a snowman can melt. Buckle up that belt. Oh. And yeah, and it was a, there's a snowman that I drew with whiteout, and uh, he's like posing, he's flexing his muscle, and he's got a, a, a seatbelt on, it says buckle up, and he's, he's, a, he's in a convertible, and he's chilling. And that poster won some kind of award. It was like a merit citation from AAA. <laughs> so I've got it on my wall where it's got like the award sticker on it and it's framed up and looking back it was my first rhyme my first attempt at rhyming and i won an award how many people can say they won an award at seven years old for their first rap technically yeah i don't know yeah that puts me in an elite category it it does (laughs) i don't i i think i think i was probably 12 or 13 when i won an award for uh, that's not documented you're you're an undocumented You're an undocumented slash illegal rapper. No, no, no. It was a poem that I wrote. That's not documented. It's documented. Status. My grandmother has has the poem still. It was called "The Cold Rain." It was amazing. Um, How old but, were you? Um, I I think I was seventh grade. So so what's that? Like thirteen? Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I won money for that. It was in the newspaper and everything. Okay. So I don't think I won money for mine, but I know there was some kind of exhibition that they had. I guess Triple Eight had it, and okay. they were showing all of the winners from around the country. And I was my local New York or Queens or whoever, downstate, whatever they did, New York City. I don't know, but I was like nice. my local winner, you know. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So on on this on this Frosty the Snowman thing, so like yeah, you you posted it up. You also hit me up and uh, talked about it a little bit. Um. So well, this snowman was was uh, what hung up in hung up protesting winter. Yeah, so this was in Rockaway on Beach Ninety Second Street. There was a snowman. It was a toy, a stuffed animal. Okay, snowman, and it was hanged with a noose, and there was a sign around its neck, and it said "Winter sucks." And like the eyes were crossed out, and you know, it made it look like the snowman was being killed, was was being executed, hangman style. Okay, first, um, first, I, I have I have one issue with that. First, first off, yes. just from the beginning, from the very beginning, um, so the snowman was was hanged, and had a sign that said "Winter sucks." Yes. Wouldn't a snowman like winter though? Yes, that's why they're killing it. Okay. Just saying. I think Winter Sucks was not the statement of the snowman. It was a statement of the executioner. Ah, uh, okay, got you. Okay, I was thinking the snowman... Like, like, take this, Winter. Like, snowman killed himself, you know. But, okay. No, no. Well, that's what made it more controversial. It was an actual depiction of a hanging. Not a suicide, but a, an execution. Right. So, carry on? Well, there are people who were offended by the imagery of the noose. And it 
created this back and forth. This wasn't on my page. This is before I saw it. You know, this is how I saw it. It was a back and forth on Facebook, uh, some of the Rockway groups, about whether it was appropriate to use the imagery of the noose given its history in our country. Right. And I, I, most people in the groups were siding with the prankster who said, you know, it's, it's, it's a prank. It's just it's a statement about whether stop making everything about race is basically what they were saying. And yeah, I and I saw the pictures. Um, I saw the picture of it hanging uh, the first time. And then apparently after there was some complaints, the noose was removed and it was put back up without it. And right. and someone violated the uh, violated Frosty. And if you look like at was, the picture of Frosty, uh, I guess Frosty was killed twice, right? Because the first person <laughs> hanged him, but then they right. took him. They saved him from the hanging, and instead they just destroyed its guts. They, like, de-gutted it, or I don't know what you would call that. But you saw all of the snowman, stuffed snowman guts, snowman stuffing, all over the street. And, you know, this is like a snuff film of Frosty. Oh, my God. Yeah. But it looked like if it looked like one of two things to me. Either a reenactment of the last scene of Scarface or a young Jeezy video. Or maybe both. Hmm. Well, I saw, I, I, like I said, I saw the pictures. And at first, I didn't notice the noose. Um, I just saw the hangman and winter sucks. And I didn't realize it was a noose around the neck. Now, I, I did comment in there um, on that post on someone's thing because there were two people going uh, back and forth. And um, I commented that I think they were both right. You know, one they were there were people on both sides. One saying don't take it so seriously. Another one was saying, um, you know, the opposite side of it that, you know, there was something, you know, to be looked at here. Um, right. And I think yeah, to some degree they're both right. But I I probably have to lean on the side of like, uh, you know, give it the benefit of the doubt. Um, I didn't see any type of imagery that would uh, lend itself to make it seem like it was uh, racially motivated. Yeah, and you know what? I would not assume that it was. Of course, I don't know, but my assumption would not be that it's racially motivated. And, And I don't think that was necessarily the point of those who were protesting it. I don't think they were saying that this was intentionally done to provoke some kind of racial response or to uh, make a racial statement. I think that they just thought that the use of the noose was inappropriate and uh, maybe not sensitive given the context right. of our history. Um, right. Not that someone said, let's, let's make people, let's, let's do this on purpose to provoke uh, some kind of racial response or to, you know, to antagonize right. uh, someone of the other of a different race, you know, I just think that they thought that it, that shouldn't have been used. Now, I also said in my post, I usually am on the side that says that we should lighten up, that we shouldn't take everything so seriously. You know, we're too politically correct, quote unquote. Um, I agree with that. I mean, I was someone who was attacked for having edgy rap lyrics, right? So who am I to say you shouldn't have a, a prank with a snowman? It's, and I don't think, again, I don't think that this was a, a serious thing or a, a, a necessarily bad thing. But I do think that when P. 
people find certain imagery problematic, we should take note of that. And we shouldn't just dismiss it and say, grow up, uh, toughen up or whatever. You know, given the history in our country uh, with lynchings and, you know, the KKK and, and people being hanged um, because of their race uh, right. by the noose, I think that, and, and, oh, by the way, and we, we spoke about laws, there are laws about nooses and, you know, threatening people with the noose, not just, you know, a regular threat or hate crime, but there are laws that specifically mention the word noose because the, use, the noose has been used as a symbol of racial uh, hatred and of trying to control people as intimidation. Like, you know, nooses are sometimes hanged from trees uh, on college campuses and in different places as a way of saying, hey, um, you know, ba- basically this could be you. Like, you know, right. like it's, a, and, it's, and- it's a form of control. And again, not that this was intended to be that, but just the fact that the noose by itself is a powerful symbol. And I think that's what triggered some people's response. And again, I'm, I wasn't saying that this was a bad thing, but I was saying that this is something that I think we should be mindful of and at right. least be able to have a discussion with each other about it. Right. And and that was that was where I was coming from when I said that, um, you know, both people were right, because let's let's not forget that um, the time when lynchings were very common, uh, lynchings against people uh, of people because of the race were very common, um, that. It wasn't that long ago. No, there, not at all. There are still people alive today who remember that time, who lived that time. So, you know, we can read about it in our history books. Um, a lot of a lot of us have grown up without uh, it being necessary in our lifetime as a common thing. Not saying that it hasn't happened in recent memory, because it has. But um, it's still there. The, the, the pain is still there for people. Um, Right, and if people feel that pain, why do you have to have the noose? Why can't right. you just change it to something else? Uh, but at the same time, I agree with that. Same time, yeah, we do need to realize that you know this is still something that that can be can be kind of considered fresh. Um, but at the same time, we should not look for uh, a boogeyman around every corner. Correct. And so, I think that's that's where the dialogue has to come in. Um, I tend to, I tend to try to give the benefit of the doubt first. Um, not saying that every situation it warrants that, right. but but I again, tend to though, try. If the intention wasn't to provoke anyone on a racial basis, the intention right. was just to make a joke about winter. Right. Does that still excuse using a symbol that offends people, or maybe excuse isn't, isn't even the right word? But you know, does it matter? Does it does it matter? I mean, if someone has a noose and just seeing the noose on display, even if it's supposed to be a joke, is troubling to many people. Is that enough to say maybe we shouldn't? I think we should be conscious of it. We should definitely be conscious of it. Um, and, you know, maybe think, think, OK, maybe the, the noose is not such a good idea. Maybe we can use something else. Um. Right, and like I said, at the same time, on the other side, we should look at it and be like, okay, well, maybe this wasn't with that in mind. Right, it wasn't. But with but again, but that could be the problem. But maybe right. that's the problem that it was done without that in mind, and it sh- and people should be more mindful of that. Yeah, it could be, it could be. So I think both are right. You know, on one hand, like okay, like this is you know it could just have been a joke. There might not. Have, there probably wasn't any malicious intent from the pictures I saw. It didn't look like there was. Uh, yeah, but I don't at really the other think side, 
at the other on the other side, you know, it could be something to be mindful of that you should be mindful of because the history is still fairly recent. Um, you know, we can see we can we can go Google pictures today of people that were lynched using those methods. Uh, so, yeah, it's something we should be conscious of, I think. You know, and at the same time, I have to make it clear that I also don't think we should be the PC police or calling the PC police about everything. I mean, we should be able to have right. some fun, you know. So this is a conversation right. I think we should have on both sides. I was a little disheartened, though, by how polarized the responses to that one were. I right. guess the other one that we talked about, too, both posts. But I was hoping for more balanced discussion, more people saying, yeah, you know, I don't think that this was done with malicious intent, but uh, maybe we should be more sensitive to these kinds of things. But you didn't really see much of that on that thread. It was mostly some people who were against the news completely and some who, basically everybody else, who was like, what are you talking about? This is ridiculous that you're even making this an issue. Oh, my God. Like, Yeah, I and I think I, that was a little disappointing. I, I would have liked to see more of a balanced discussion on that. And that, yeah, I think that's the problem, especially in the country um it's so polarized and no one really wants to uh, have a discussion uh, or, you know, take someone else's uh, view into account, especially a right. painful view. And right. so, yeah, I think the, the worst part, I think, is when people are like completely dismissive um, and ignoring that there's a history attached to it or that they're you know, there could be people who have pictures of family members who were were hung like that. I mean, it's not something that, you know, we are we know what happened. Mm-hmm. So it's it's yeah, that was a little a little messed the, up to to see some of those responses. Well, there was a uh, a show, I think it's a Netflix exclusive show that David Letterman has now. His first guest was President Obama. It's a recent interview post presidency, and. Barack Obama, during that interview, says, if you watch Fox News, you're in a completely different world than right. other viewers. It's, you know, the information you're getting, it's, you just, it's, you're completely separated. It's, you know, it's like we, we are living in different worlds. Um, he right. even said that there was a study about, I think he said it was during the Arab Spring. It was, they, they did an experiment where a conservative, a moderate, and a liberal each Googled Egypt and they actually got different responses. I think the conservative got result like the first results that came up. The first result f- uh, of the conservative was about the Muslim Brotherhood. Right. Um, I think it was about the Arab Spring when, when the liberal Googled Egypt. And the, for the moderate, it was like vacation spots on the Nile. So even the information that Google is giving you is based on your political views. So when you go search for something and, you know, let's say you want to look something up, you know, you're... Your, your political biases are confirmed based on what appears to be an objective search. So it's like you really are in a different world. Right. And I, and I don't think people realize that. That's, you know, um, and you say, like, if you watch this or you watch that, then you're in a different world. Some people might take offense because they don't realize that these results, like Google results, are tailored towards your interest. So if you're reading a certain way, if you're reading, you know, very conservative news then the results that are going to come up are going to be stuff that you might be more interested in um if you're reading very liberal news 
you're gonna the stuff that's gonna come up are gonna be something that's gonna feed into your your more liberal views. And so it's not just like, okay, you Google this, here's information. No, no, it's it's here's information that you already agree with. Right. And, and so that given the fact that we live in this, the social media age, this is magnified as an issue. I mean, it's why our politics, I think, is so uh, divisive and so polarized. Right. Because it's not just that these are the results you're getting online. It's that we live online. We live on social media now. This is where we get everything, all of our information from. So it's the news right. stories. It's our searches. It's everything. It's the friends we have. The, you know, the things that we're seeing are constantly confirming our own uh, biases, our own opinions. And it's this, you know, this, this echo chamber that we live in. And it's, you know, you have people on one side, people on you know, a different side, and you see them clash on Mike Scala's status. You know, you can see him play out before your <laughs> eyes. People are just are not even even able to have a conversation in many cases because they're just right. so far apart in, 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 as far as the, the information that they're getting and, and how they, they process the world. Right. And again, it's like it's just feeding. The information is being fed to you um, based on something you already believe. So you never see anything contradictory. And, you know, again, like you said, people are existing in echo chambers and it's not very conducive to to any sort of uh unification or you know no and that's why we're gonna being fair and balanced or anything probably nominate candidates in the near future who are more and more extreme you know the democrats are going to want to move to the left republicans further to the right and some might think it's better to do that than to have a centrist uh, you know but it, it just further goes to show you how divided we are and the divide is only gonna get greater it's not gonna help us come together you know we're gonna be you know, completely you know completely i guess two different universes soon not just not just different worlds right and which is is something very new for um for intake of information, intake of media, because, you know, before search engines and, and internet, you would have to pick up, you know, a newspaper, various newspapers, or it would mainly be like your local news. And local news, even to this day, local news is pretty, is, is you know, it's pretty in the middle. They don't really take sides. It's more how news should be delivered. Well, um, and so you get to hear just facts, and then you have to make up your own mind. Versus Except being, we had the discussion on the first episode we did about the city council race and the role the, role the local media played. They weren't always so neutral either. Right, but I think I think if you're looking for news without a slant, you're um, with the least amount of slant. Your yeah, local news is the best locally. Yeah, and so what do you think that leads to the question of? Since everyone's life is so so much lived online now, so much of our information has come in online, and sites like Google and Bing are, you know, how we are researching that information, do they have a responsibility to uh, put it out there with uh, an, just pure information? And is there something wrong with them tailoring that information towards your interest? I think this is something that is worthy of very serious discussion because you can certainly see this from both sides, but 
it's appearing increasingly apparent that something really needs to be done as far as making things more objective, making things more balanced. Now, I don't know if that means legislation or some kind of regulation is going to have to be passed that says that Google and Facebook and other sites are going to have to show everybody the same thing. Uh, maybe that's the future, something like uh, search engine neutrality or so, you know, something like that. Um, because that's how it was originally. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's how it was originally. Before and things even, got sophisticated. Right. I mean, now they tailor it because they, they want more eyes on it. They want more ad revenue. Um, sure. But originally it was like, okay, these are, the, these are the results in the database and that was it. You know, Now it's not only your political views, but it's also um, your location where you're at. So someone in California Googling something um, is going to get a different result than someone in New York. And that in could be a good cases. cause. You don't hear anyone, at least I haven't heard anyone, champion that as a cause. Maybe that could be something to champion, to become the first champion of. Again, it's something that I think needs to be thought through a little bit more. But right. it seems, not, not only does it seem wrong, it's producing, I think, a crazy result. It's not producing a very favorable outcome. And I think something needs to be done about that. Right. And it's it's obviously showing that there's it, it can play a role in society, have a big effect on society, on the way people think, on the way people you know perceive uh, the world around them. Um, and I don't, again, like you said, like, yeah, I don't think anyone's actually taken up that cause. However, with the way that um, the pressure's been being put on Facebook and Twitter, for what happened during the the election, um, and how you know its algorithms, uh, on Facebook in particular, algorithms might have swayed people's opinions, um, and you know Twitter and Facebook with the ad, ad buys from you know uh, Russian hackers and whatnot to sway right. people's opinion. Should shouldn't Google and Bing be brought into the fold and be like, okay, look, the the information, the way that you're you're doing this is kind of messing with the way society's working. I think so. Now, there is value in them catering to your interests to a certain degree. I mean, you know, if you're right. someone who's talking about tacos, you, you make social media posts about tacos all day long and you ask Google <laughs> where should I go out to eat, you might want to see some taco places. Like, you know, it could, it could be a good thing to, to have that. But uh, I think when it comes to news and you know, things that are supposed to be fact-based, objective-based, like what's an illegal immigrant, right? I, mean, I think, I don't right. think you should be telling conservatives one story and, and liberals a different story. Right, and because it, it further divides people. Now, I'm I'm one who tries to turn off any sort of uh, tailoring uh, possible that I can in search results or anything like that. I don't, I don't want tailored search results. So, um to some degree, you can turn some of that off in some of these some of these applications uh, and websites. Yeah, sometimes they ask for permission when you sign up. Right, and so I try to turn all of that off if I can, um, because I just want I want information. I'm not looking for something that's going to just confirm something that I already know or already believe in. Plus, I don't want them f forming a bigger profile on me than they already do. They already, they already have. Well. I was recently at the Bronx Zoo 
and I got to get your thoughts on this story because this is kind of wild, but it's happened to other people too that I've spoken with. I was at the Bronx Zoo. Now, I wasn't posting on Facebook about the Bronx Zoo. I wasn't texting anyone about the Bronx Zoo. Uh, I just went to the Bronx Zoo with somebody and we had a great time. Of course, while we were there, we were talking about the zoo and the animals and, you know, the experience. Uh, but talking, again, we weren't posting, we weren't typing. This wasn't social media. This was just a face-to-face, in-person, you know, it wasn't an online zoo. But after I got back from the trip, I started seeing ads for Bronx Zoo tickets on Facebook. Now, right. I don't know if it was because my phone was listening, like if Facebook was using the phone's uh, mic to actually hear my conversations, or if there was some kind of GPS tracker that Facebook tapped into on my phone. You know, they knew my location because of it, but they figured out that I was at the Bronx Zoo that day. Without Again, without me ever writing Bronx Zoo out anywhere. Well, did you check your Facebook or, or send a message through Messenger or anything while you were there? No. Hmm. Was Facebook, was was it running in the background? It might have been. Uh, you know, it, it yeah. generally is, I think. So it, it's quite possible. I mean, of course, they're going to have your GPS location um, right. or geolocation. Um, and so it's quite possible that it got that information and it's like, okay, also, well, this is where he's head. This is I where also he's took at. a this few photos. I took a few photos while I was there. Now, I believe I uploaded them much later. Yeah, I know I did. It was much later. So I saw those ads before he ever uploaded the photos, but I took the photos um, before these ads popped up. So maybe right. they they got it from the geotag on the photos. I don't know. Um. Yeah, but if they got if they sent the ad before you even uploaded them, right? That's what I'm yeah, saying. They had to access my phone somehow. Well, you've got you've got the the app on the phone. If it's running, right, it's going to check into the geolocation. Like if you look on your um, messenger, or even on on your posts, I think you can add like the location you were when you posted the message. You can. Yeah. Like you have to turn, you can, you have to either turn it on or turn it off to avoid it doing right. that. That's, that's turned off for me, but right. I don't know if, if they can still access your location. Maybe they won't publish your location, but I don't know if they still right. have permission to know where you are, you know? Um, yeah. I don't know because people also said that Facebook is known or is it, I think it is Facebook that they say, I don't know if this is true, but I've heard that Facebook is known for listening in on your in-person conversations using the microphone on your phone and then using that to give you ads. So like Um, somebody said that they were talking to their friend about potato chips and they saw an ad on Facebook for potato chips like that same day. I don't know if they do that. I'm not saying that it's not possible. I'm just saying, I don't know if they, if they actually do that. Um, I know people. I don't either. I don't know if they do or they don't, but I've heard stories like this. Right. Um, It's definitely possible for them to do it. Um, but I don't know if they do that. I think, and it also depends on the device you're using. I think with, um, it's more difficult for them to do that with iPhone devices because of, um, the permissions that you have to agree to. But with Android, I think the permissions are a little bit more liberally spread because I remember when messenger first came out, um, there was a big uproar about, um, all of the things that Messenger could do, um, accessing your phone and camera and all this and that without permission, um, 
it's because they're the thing you sign or you agree to when you first install it was so so open and so a lot of people avoided avoided using messenger for you know a long time because of it right and then they forced you to do it by not letting you access your messages with regular facebook anymore so yeah but it's as far as i know that has been fixed um and i don't think they're actually doing that um recording your voice um so i don't know it's possible that everything could be done could could be recording like 1984 that they're listening in on everything Right, but and also Which, just the very fact that this all sounds plausible to us is telling, even if they're not doing it. The fact that we can have this conversation and say, well, I don't know, are they listening to our conversations? And they, they might be. Even that alone, well, I think, is, is troubling. <laughs> well, here's it. what's what's real about, about that is, like, some of these things, like with the iPhone, you have Siri, um, and then you have some the so-called smart TVs. Um, and I, I'm, I'm assuming Android has a, a digital assistant as well. Um, and usually you, with iPhone, you have to press the button and then you say what you want to say, but they also have the function where you can always leave the digital assistant on and it waits for you to give it a voice prompt. So what that means is while it's waiting, it's always listening. It's always recording because it's waiting for that to come in. And that was a problem with the, the first digital TV, the first smart TVs that kind of hit the market is because, uh, people were upset that their information was just their conversations were being sent over to the company. Well, you know why I don't use voice to text on a slightly related matter. Um, I don't. If you want to tell someone I'm not going period, it's going to make an actual period punctuation mark, right? Like how do you have to say the word? I'm assuming you have to say period. I've, I've used um, voice to text with like um, transcription software but see, the Before, thing is, a lot of people I see using voice to text have these lo- these long blocks of text with no punctuation. It's just right. you know, complete run-on sentences, and it's because they're not punctuating when they're dictating. Like, so I think you are supposed to say, I'm not going, period, and then it actually draws the period there. But what if you want to be assertive and say, period? Like you're telling them, I'm not going, period, bottom line, period. How could you do that if it's going to interpret period to mean a punctuation mark? That's a good question. And I think that's one that deserves some research. <laughs> I think anybody from now on using voice to text on their mobile phone should be required to first go to a voice to text class, class to learn. Oh, I use like it. that. I like that. Yeah. Not only that, yeah, but it doesn't matter what your political leadings are. It could be conservative, right. moderate, or liberal. You all get shown this class. Everyone. Yes. When you search, when you. You pull up Google. Yes, if, if if you use the software, you get this class. Because I've noticed lately, a lot of people using that voice to text and have sent sent me messages, and like, yeah, it's just all kinds of messed up. And afterwards, like, oh yes, yeah, sorry, I was using voice to text. And I like, hate that excuse. And they say um, autocorrect. Also, that's that's always been a big excuse for people. But okay, autocorrect, but th- that doesn't excuse you from actually reading what you're what you're writing or what you're saying. Before you send it, well, more than like <laughs> more than likely they're driving, and they shouldn't be answering <laughs> no, messages they shouldn't be doing anyway. That. Come on, people, let's get it together. I always said I wanted to use the autocorrect excuse 
in real life. Like, because everyone can just, just blames everything on it. Even things that you know are not spelling errors. They, they're just saying the wrong thing or saying something that they, they regret saying, saying and they're trying to blame it on autocorrect. Imagine you can get away with that in real life. Like you're on a date and uh, I don't know. Let's say you're on, you know, you're on a blind uh, online date and she says, how many partners have you had previously? And you give the wrong number. You know, you give a, a number that's much too high for her. And uh, and you can see it in her face. And she's like, did you just say what I thought you said? And, and, you, and, you, and you, you, know, you drop it down by like five or ten. And you're like, damn, autocorrect. That would be, that'd be yeah. nice. You get away with that. Yeah, you try that. See how that works out. Yeah. I think, I think really. <laughs> add an extra zero. I think really the reason why. Um, the reason why uh, Frosty hung himself it was because of an autocorrect mistake. Oh, really? It, yeah, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't anything to do with winter. It was uh, is autocorrect. So what was it? Um, he probably sent the wrong text to uh, a Frosty a Frosty girl, and uh, you know he was embarrassed. It's quite possible. I think that's what it was. You know, I hear a lot of people say also that autocorrect needs to learn that they've never, ever intended to use the word ducks. Ah, okay. But, you know, sometimes you want to use the word ducks. Sometimes you got to get those ducks in a row. You do. Just don't have those ducks on nooses, all right, people? I think that's a good place to start. Yeah, and a good place to end. Yes. So uh, this is uh, another episode of the best podcast ever. Um, For those that don't know, you can subscribe to the podcast using iTunes um, or any any iPod software that you use to listen to podcasts, and you will automatically be updated with the latest episode. Just don't say it too loud or your phone might store that information and do something with it yeah actually you know that could that could be something true like just subscribing to this podcast it could <laughs> oh, uh no. it could be added to their profile and they'd like okay well this is part of their interest so we're going to serve them inf- information that's similar to that podcast so next time they google award-winning rappers since the age of seven mike Pison scholar pops up all right and with that, this has been the best podcast ever. I'm Jalon Carter. I am said award-winning rhymer.